0: Sports Charlotte is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network. Listen to your city at Network.com.
1: Welcome to Sports Charlotte, the podcast about sports in Charlotte. My name is Herb White, and I am Editor-in-Chief at the Charlotte Post. Sometimes art imitates life, and sometimes art inspires life, and vice versa. We're taking a different tack for this episode of the podcast and talking about theater and baseball and history. I had a conversation with Dr. Corliss Hayes who is a professor at Central Piedmont Community College about a play that she is directing called Tony Stone. And for those of you who are not that familiar with baseball or black history uh, Tony Stone uh, was a woman who played in the all-male Negro Leagues in the 1950s she was one of the first women uh, to play in the Negro Leagues uh, she was the very first woman she was one of three who ultimately played in the Negro Leagues which made her a pioneer way before a lot of Other women uh, broke through the ranks of male sports, Uh, and so I had a conversation with Dr. Hayes about the play, about what she learned in her research to bring the play to life in Charlotte, which will uh, take the stage August 19th through September 4th at the Arts Factory, and here is our conversation. The Time to uh,
2: talk to me today about uh, Tony Stone. And I guess the the main thing that I want to ask about this particular play that you're directing is, uh, obviously it's August 19th through September 4th at the Arts Factory, uh, but is this play rooted more in sports or social commentary or something altogether different?
0: It is have a, there is a social consciousness in the play because it it is a history lesson one that has probably a lot of people not known about not even you know not just to mention the black community but America itself and it does give you a little bit about about baseball in that period uh, when these uh, black men were playing in these what, what they call it uh, uh teams groups throughout the country and finally made it to, you know, with the Milwaukee uh, with, the, uh, with the Milwaukee uh, Clowns. So, uh, Minnesota Clowns. So, I think it's a little bit of I think it's a little bit of
2: all of that. So, then uh, in terms of the story of Tony Stone, and like you touched on, uh, she was the you know, first woman to play with the Negro Leagues and that made her the first woman to play in a league, in a professional league for men. And I know well, everybody. But, but, yeah.
0: but let's make sure. There were three of them first. But she was one, but she was the first. But there were three that were actually uh, a part of that period, too. Mm-hmm. But she was one of
2: the three, yes. And so everybody has heard of the movie A League of Their Own with Tom Hanks and the story yeah. of an of, uh, industrial league uh Team that played during World War II, but Tony Stone, like you said, is not necessarily that well known. Is, is that just the way history works in the United States when black folks are looked over, especially black women, or is this a story that's kind of like lost, like you said, even among black folks? Oh,
0: I think it's a story about lo- it is lost, and I think it's it's a little different from her white counterparts because with her, what like they says that league of her own, that was a group of white women. She was born on a team by herself, and not only that, but the majority of that time, she was playing as a man. They didn't even know she
2: was a woman. Mm-hmm. So there's a uniqueness even in that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, in terms of the research that, that went into putting this particular production into motion, when you talk about she... Played as a man, and her yes. teammates didn't even know that she was a guy.
0: Yeah, but it basically came out, you know. But yeah, but she started off right, playing as a man.
2: Yes. Yeah. Uh, did you know much about her story before you took on this assignment?
0: Oh, I knew nothing about her story. I'll be honest with you, I didn't. Uh, when this when this play was dropped, I would say it just kind of dropped on me in, in a way. I um, they were preparing for me to direct another show to be honest with you, and they didn't, and they found out they couldn't get the rights to this other play, so I guess they went and did their research, Three Bones, and found this other, of this other story, and asked me to look at it, and that's how this kind of came
2: about. And so, in your research and understanding, what was your initial reaction to, to the, to the person, Tony Stone, and what she accomplished?
0: The story, the story just, I would say this. I was kind of shocked that I didn't, you know, I'm not a baseball player. I don't mean, I don't know baseball like that. But I'm from St. Louis, which is a baseball town. And I thought I knew a little bit about some parts of baseball with the Cardinals and the St. Louis Browns and all that. But I never knew her story. So I was fascinated about the story. But at the same time, when I looked at the play, it kind of scared me because I'm like, Boy, this is a big challenge because whoever you may get the actor, the actress or the actor to play this, but she's got to have some athleticism or some ability to look like she's a ball player, and not only a ball player, she's got to look like she plays better than the men. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Which is a challenge in itself for the whole for, for my whole journey with this play is to get the audience to have some belief. That these actors are ballplayers.
2: Mm. So you had to, how difficult was it to uh, to find someone like that who is athletic okay. enough to sell the role and actually can act? I, I, I tell you this:
0: what I what I did what I did do was find a coach, and have some people some uh, actors who had potential. But it was the co- the coach because I'm I mean I, I don't have that kind of skill set. So it was the coach, who, who, which is a part of our, what you call it, our rehearsal process that I do what I call a baseball clinic or baseball workshop. We do that at least two or three times a week. That is a part of the, pro- the play process that they would have to commit to and being ball, you know, not only you're, you're the characters, but you're also a ball player. So that is a challenge. That has been a challenge for me in itself, too, even especially with Tony. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense
2: to you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, so you had to go through a baseball training camp basically to get everybody <laughs> up we to go speed. We do it every
0: day, honey. <laughs> we haven't stopped it. Oh, yeah, we go through it. Oh, yeah, we do. They mm-hmm. have been outside. They have drills. Oh, yes. They have a special routine that they do every day.
1: Yes.
2: Now, that sounds like a a lot of hard work that goes into <laughs> this. That,
0: that, that, that would deter a lot of people from that. <laughs> oh, I'm like, oh, I can't do this. Yeah. I
2: and mean,
0: you know, also, yeah, it's it, it, it's challenging. It's challenging, but I have been very lucky that I have had I've got a lot of young actors who are kind of hungry and looking for something like this to do. And I haven't in a while directed young black men like this. Most of the time when I'm directing, they're older black men. But to find young black men, and not only that, to find, not, including Tony, eight black young men who are willing to take this time, a time out of their life to be in a play. Eight is a lot to keep together. Mm-hmm. If, if, you know, if you know anything about a play, that, and especially about young young black men, who have got a lot of challenges of their own. They're not just actors. You know, some take care of their families. Some have two or three jobs. Some are in school. So to, to, to put this a part of their regimen, or their schedule, in this short period of their life, it's a, it's, it's a big commitment for them.
2: And on top of learning how to play baseball.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah. And then a lot of them don't have a lot of uh, experience being an actor. So I'm
2: becoming more director, but also teacher and mentor. Mm-hmm. Which is good. Yeah. I was going to ask, how much of a challenge is that in terms of, you know, not only did you have to get your lead actor acclimated to baseball, you had to get all of these other actors acclimated to baseball as well as the acting, which you just well, mentioned. Because
0: they, they, don't, they don't have the experience. They mm-hmm. don't. So I had to kind of pull back as well. In my other chapters of my life, I've been a high school teacher. I've been a middle school teacher. I've taught drama on those levels. So it's kind of going back, and I guess even with myself, in terms of my own patience, and realizing people have to start somewhere. And if they're willing to start, I'm willing to give my time and commitment and be patient and work with them and get and get them where they need to be.
2: Yeah, and so now obviously the show starts next week, so everything's in place. Everybody's ready to go. <laughs> oh,
0: Delis, yes, and then also uh, this play is a I can say a bit of a spectacle too because we also show that part of their, of this baseball experience with the Negro Baseball League is the clowning, the dancing, the entertainment because they're kind of like our contemporaries with the Harlem Globetrotters. They put on a show. Mm So that was, that's a part of the
2: process that they had to learn choreography and clothes. Yeah. And when you look at that, you you talk about the Harlem Globetrotters. And I think also, you know, in terms of baseball, a lot of times that Negro League's history is, is lost or glossed over in terms of how it contributes to modern day baseball in terms of, the skill sets that modern-day players have, or even uh, the wearing of uniforms, that kind of thing. A lot of that came from the Negro Leagues and oh, yeah. how it translates to today.
0: Okay, and, and also, which is real important about the Negro Leagues, they were the first to have those, what do you call it? those boom
2: lights, those
0: outdoor lights? Yeah, outdoor lighting. They were, mm-hmm. we, they were the first. And it was the
2: other our white counterparts
0: who later adopted that. Yeah. So we were the
2: first to yeah. have those rights. Yeah, night baseball was a Negro Leagues invention. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, the the stolen base was turned into an art form by the Negro oh. Leagues, and it translated oh. over to the majors once players like Jackie Robinson and Larry Doby oh, moved okay. over. So, but now oh. I, one thing too that I, I saw in the uh, uh, in the flyer for the for the play is that it contains adult language and themes, as well as trauma to women and black people. Can you okay. talk a little bit about that as well?
0: Well, um, first of all, this play is a memory. We go, she talks about the reach, and that reach is that she's pulling back in her memory gems of her life, pivotal moments that show her passion, her fears, her anxiety, her heart, her strength, and all those things. And some of those things are not very pleasant. I mean, because I mean, life is mixed with many things. So it and it shows uh, her journey uh, as she went through this process of becoming a professional baseball player, but also becoming a woman too. So they're they're kind of integrated together. So we have scenes where she's on a bus with with these men. They go to the bathroom. out they stop and go and and take relieve themselves? She can't do that. They have to stop and sleep somewhere. Most, when they sleep, they're generally sleeping in some brothel. And they have, if you remember that that movie or the uh, the book, the Green Book, they just can't stop anywhere. So that becomes a challenge, where they stop because of uh, uh, Jim Crowism, places they can stay. So she's many times is left vulnerable on a bus by herself, or she's left vulnerable in a room. And and no one to really watch out to protect her. So that is it. And one thing that is really important that I want people to understand is that yes, she faced racism, but she faced a lot of sexism and gender bias as a woman. She faced that probably was more of a challenge or something an obstacle to overcome than the racism because of her teammates.
2: Yeah. So she had to deal with. People within and without her organization.
0: Oh, right. All of those, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. right. And, she has, and she suffered abuse. Of, um, and I think these characters, I don't think they're, they're real people. I mean, that, I mean, we have different characters in the play. But I think they're kind of a combination of different people in her experiences that she's pulled together. Because uh, she has one who is a, who is an abuser, and he's very young, kind of like her nemesis. And he's very jealous of her stats and where she's going. And when he finds out, oh, she's a woman, he constantly challenges her. And that becomes an abusive relationship. Even, you know, volatile, if you will. <laughs> so it's, 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 yeah, it's, and then we have homosexuality. A lot of, even with today, we got a lot a lot of blog players now who are just coming out. You know, as football players or basketball players and saying, I'm, I'm gay. They had that same situation in the Negro baseball league, but they didn't come out. So, but the players among themselves knew who those who those players were. So, they, they could be subject to harass or being abused on a team. Mm-hmm.
2: So, you get that too. Yeah. And mm-hmm. when you look at the state of, of women in sports and this Year marks the 50th anniversary of Title IX and equality on uh, on campuses across the country, and there's all these celebrations about women who've who've done remarkable things and have been the first. You know, to, to hear this story about Toni Stone is like you know she was the first in so many different ways, and this sister has lost the history almost.
0: And then let let us be clear to add to her story, she was, she could play football. She was an ice skater. She was trapped. She was a percussionist. She was a musician. She was kind of like this renaissance person of whatever during that period. And and what is really interesting about her, she never thought of herself, I want to be first. I want to be the best. I want to break barriers for women and all want to play baseball. Give me the opportunity.
2: So, all of that, I don't think was even in her head at the time. Yeah, but then again, you know, looking back at it in terms of history before uh-huh. before Althea Gibson uh-huh. or uh-huh. the Williams sisters uh-huh. or uh, or anybody in the WNBA, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. there was this sister doing these things, and she and she faced a lot
0: of. Would, would, would cause somebody to turn back. But she never did. And one thing I think about her that I think that is that, that is important to her growth is that they called her a constant learner. She learned from the best. And she took it to heart. She learned from the Jackie Robinsons. She learned from the Satchel page And she kept that with her.
2: Yeah.
0: And she, you know what I mean? And it wasn't this rivalry of, of them. She considered them like teachers, feeding her, getting her to grow, learning and blossoming, and not, okay, you know, I'm going to try to, out. you know, I'll be but one thing about her is that in the story, which, in the play, which is kind of funny, she reminds them all the time of her stats. <laughs> She's constantly, and they're like, Tony, we got it. We know you did. Oh, okay, did you know I? Yeah, we got it. So she tells these stories on and on, and I guess that's kind of to remind her, or even maybe to remind him of her colleagues, or her players and all that. You know, it took a lot for me to get here. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, you know, kind of, you know, not like she's bragging, but it's just like, it's like a part of her armor. It's a part of who she is. And she's just, and she's just back to sharing those things with us. But I never think of it in the play when she does it, that she's bragging on herself or she's that, she's got that kind of ego. I don't think, I,
2: I don't see it as that. Yeah, but she was reminding them that she's nobody's <laughs> second fiddle. <laughs> yeah, you know, she like, hey, I got a hit on
0: Satchel Paige, even though in the history they say it's kind of questionable,
2: but she claims she did. So. <laughs> so we'll just have to take her word for it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's
2: her story. She lived with it. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> uh- uh, so, is there anything that that I may have missed in terms of in terms of the dialogue that that you think is you know worth adding to it or shedding no, extra I light think, on? No, I don't care for sensationalism by any means. I think you know, and then also we
0: got to consider too, as I call it in other shows, locker room talk among men. And I think you have to be very authentic in that language. That language is not going to be very polite, and we're going to think so. Yeah, they. They talk about men's body parts. They talk about things that men talk about in the privacy among themselves.
2: Mm-hmm. And,
0: like we were eavesdropping. If, does that you understand
2: what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like that. Yeah. Okay. And I've been in plenty of locker rooms over the years, <laughs> and trust and believe, I've heard, yeah, I've heard it all. So okay. I, I don't think there's, you know, there's nothing new that I haven't heard over oh, there when it comes okay. to that.
0: And that, and
2: pretty much that language is in those locker, if you want to call them, the locker room or those dugout moments, Mm -hmm. or those moments among the players. Yeah, and and is that part? And I guess that's that's all part of her story as well. Because even though today a lot of that has been cleaned up in the presence of women in locker rooms, is, is that something that comes out in the play as well? That maybe there's that resentment that the locker room is a sacred space. For those male athletes, and they see her as as interlopers.
0: Well, it could be because they're not going they're not going to censor themselves. They're going to be who they are. And if she's uncomfortable with it, then then I guess you know you move on and you decide how you go. Because that, one thing about them, they don't change their behavior. They, and they even though some of them have befriended Tony and all that, they don't change their behavior as being mean and being base. Because their their thing is I'm a base. I'm I'm a I'm a baseball player, and especially I think during this period when we were post World War II, where to 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 wear that uniform and to be a part—they were like movie stars in that time. Because you know what what we we called the Negro jobs during that period, and for those men to be elevated on that—that that was a big thing. Yeah. That was, you know, we're not sharecropping. we not, you know, waiting and, you know, do a, a, a whole, you know operating the elevator or whatever that is. But they call those Negro jobs. They're not doing that. So for them to make this kind of money for what they love to do and they have the skill set to do it. They were there. Yeah. And they were, like I said, they're not letting Tony or anybody else, you know what I mean. Okay, you know, censor them. Because they were, they were men. They were men and they they and, and we see them as men and and the playwright doesn't hold back on that yeah. tony deals like that's because there's an interesting part um what in the play is where they all get out get out and have to have to uh, relieve themselves whether tony's there or not there and the whole the whole the whole bus comes goes out and does it right there with them
2: yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah she has to deal with it. and she talks about how you know she's t- you know the smell smelliness the greediness the smell of a man that she has to constantly endure constantly over and over sometimes just sickness for her
1: yeah and uh, she
0: dealt with
2: it. yeah well it certainly is nothing like you will see today <laughs> 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 things have been cleaned up quite a bit <laughs> oh now some of us are still gonna act like chocolate eyes you know, that's that's just the way it is. But it is, I would imagine, totally different than it was back in her day.
0: It's different, yeah. yeah. And, then, and part of that because because they couldn't stop that office and um and and it was and it was kind of scary during that time because sure. the Ku Klux Klan and all these other um um and these white racist groups or even just white community people who who didn't want them, and in then, then, driving around in their, in their areas at night. So they were lucky to stop anywhere. So they could have been kind of unbathed or whatever for, for days until they found a place, you know, to, you know, to clean up.
2: Yeah, you really know who your friends are when you have to travel like that.
0: <laughs> but besides Tony, I, I do want to say this. There's such wonderful characters in this. That, that Tony goes back and reaches in her life to share of uh, these people that helped to shape um, shape her journey and who she is. And um, these guys, these baseball players that I have of these of these eight, they have to play multi roles. They play other roles beside themselves, beside the baseball. That is their main role, but they have to play maybe uh, the priest who gave who came to Tony's mother's house to persuade her family. To allow her to play baseball. Okay. They, yeah. They play. And which is, which is good for them. They also have to. They also have to. We have to play different genders. And different races. Which is good. They have to play women. And they have to play white
2: folks. hmm so, <laughs> so, so. This is acting after all. I mean it's theater. So. Yeah.
0: I know it. So this. <laughs> be, so that's my challenge too. Is you know. As they move. From character to character, uh, and one thing I, I really want to share with you: the cast and I did get a chance to talk directly to the playwright, which was a wonderful experience for the cast and I, and to get some more insights into Tony Stone, and uh, and talk about her direction of the play and uh, how she saw how she saw Tony Stone and any of the other characters, and we were very appreciative of her time to
2: allow us, because you don't, you don't get that kind of opportunity to talk to the playwright. Yeah, uh, and that's Lydia Diamond. Yes. Okay, and so uh, getting that feedback from her or asking those types of questions, was that all part and parcel of, of putting together the production where you get that feedback from, from the person who actually wrote the play <laughs> and, and her observations?
0: Oh, yeah, you were. But I mean, I, it was good for me because I asked some questions that I, more technical questions that I needed to ask. And I was glad that we were both on the same page with that. But yeah, it, it was
2: very helpful to me. Mm-hmm. Very helpful. So this sounds like the type of play that, you know, whether you are a sports fan or not, you know, there's something in here for everybody.
0: Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's universal things. It it, it's for all of us. Because it's
2: experience, but it's American history. And it's something that all of us can get out of regardless of ethnicity, gender, or
0: race. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like a great story. It's going to be a
2: heck of a show. And so that's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's all I know. It's going to be a show.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a heck of a show. And we're talking about on August the 19th to September the 4th. and you know, It's going to be all good.
0: I'm
2: looking up to the universe, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I do appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. Oh, and uh,
1: you. And there you have it with Central Piedmont Community College Professor Corliss Hayes, director of Tony Stone, which will take the stage August 19th through September 4th at the Arts Factory in Charlotte. Check it out. It's going to be a great show. And... Thank you for listening to Sports Charlotte. You can get it on Queen City Podcast Network, thecharlottepost.com. Check out the rest of the website for all our other content because we cover sports, obviously, but there's a lot of different things that we cover uh, when it comes to arts and entertainment, community news, lifestyles, etc., etc., etc. We're also on social media, Twitter, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, check us all, all over the place. And for everybody back at the office, my name is Herb White. Thanks for listening.
0: Queen City Podcast Network.com.